What's up, soccer players? On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we're talking about Christian Eriksen and his collapse at the Euros last weekend um, and just giving you our insight as to um, what he's been through over the past few days and what it may look like for him going down the line. So hope you enjoy the show. Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Feeling blessed, bro. Feeling blessed. Just um, got done with half my content for um, next week for nice. my Instagram, my other Instagram page. There we go. Uh, there we go. And now I'm about to finish cooking after this podcast. Nice. You know, Sunday is a relaxing cooking day. Perfect, man. How about you, man? How you doing? I'm kind of doing the same stuff as you, but I started maybe about three, four hours late. <laughs> so I'm looking at the uh, clock. I'm like, damn, this is moving too quick. But um, yeah, I had a um, I joined this tennis league. Did I t did I ever tell you I play tennis? No, you just told me you you were gonna play tennis, and I'm like, huh? He, he plays tennis too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I joined this league, and um, I think I'm in the wrong league. Uh, I got killed today. You got killed. <laughs> I got killed, man. It was bad. your backhand is not good enough. Apparently, my for my forehand isn't either, because the guy was like, "Yeah, I'll give you some tips for your grip when we're done." I was like. There we go. Wow. But he actually helped, guy that he helped beat me you. out. Yeah. The guy that beat you said he was going to coach you? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, oh, it was not competitive. Talk about ultimate, <laughs> ultimate swagging on you. He's like, he's like, man, you're so bad. I might need to coach you. <laughs> <Dead> <laughs> yeah, ass, man. Man, but like, wow. You know what? I appreciate the help, though, because now I got a nasty forehand. Backhand needs some work, but forehand got better today. So there's that. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So let's get into it. Um, Christian Eriksen. Yeah, wow. What a what a sequence of events that was um, last weekend. Man, it it was scary. Were you were you happy yeah, to be awful. watching that game? Or because no, I wasn't. I was playing soccer, and the people were telling me, "Yo, you know what happened to Eriksen?" I was like, "What happened to Eriksen?" They said, "Yeah, he, he he had a cardiac arrest." I was like, "Oh shoot!" And I looked at it. Man, he was kind of he was very horrifying. He collapsed, yeah. and his eyes were still wide open as he underwent cardiac arrest he was basically he was dead for like i don't know like five minutes and his eyes were like wide open yeah. um before the players actually circled him so that the media couldn't actually get more footage of this um it, that was horrifying it's like wow he's just like he just collapsed yeah and on, like, was, eyes wide open it's always his scary girlfriend when like there's a non-contact injury and like well, non-contact injuries, they're scary enough, right? But this one, it was like nobody was near him. And he just like, boom, yeah, came yeah. straight down. His girl, his, his, his wife was there too, started crying. And then you you find out more info. He's got two kids and he's 29 years old. Like, oh my God, like this guy. Wow. It was an awful scene to watch his, his, his wife come on the pitch and started crying. 
um, being consoled by some other players. Scary. And what's scary more, stuff. more what's, what's more tasteless about this too was the fact that um, they brought the game back. This is something we can talk about. We can talk about after we can talk about this after we discuss some of those, um, I guess, medical, um, the medical thing that happened to him. We can talk about uh, <laughs> the decision to actually bring the players back to finish the game, even though you could see that they were psychologically uh, destroyed by what just happened. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, let's kind of break down the events as they happened. Um, so the his collapse happened towards the end of the first half right by the um the sideline on the opposite side of where the the managers and the and the physios and the physicians are um so he collapses and the ref was right there and he did a really good job everyone was right there yeah. everyone was right there and they did a great job both people from both sides they immediately stopped the game and the ref waved the um the physios and the doctors onto the pitch and um, I didn't actually see the match live, um, so I wasn't able to see most of what happened. And um, rightfully so, the, the footage online, it's not very readily available. Um, but from what the, um, the broadcasters and, and the physicians were saying after the game was within 120 seconds, so within two minutes, um, that defibrillator was on him and he came back to life which is pretty crazy to think that, right? You have 120 seconds to run onto the field, assess the mm-hmm. player, see that he is... And the doctor said, quote, he was gone, right? Like he was, yeah, he was actually gone. like out of commission. And um, to see that that is the case, start CPR, open his airway, attach the AED, turn it on, follow the instructions, wait for it to say shock, and then finally shock him in under two minutes. That is... That's a that's an operation right there, right? That is so highly planned and major kudos to those guys because like, I- I'm sure they've been drilling for this for, for years with the expectation that they never be in that situation. But yeah, here they were and they acted and without those actions, he would not be here right now. So um, that's, that's crazy to think. And that's why, that's what training is for guys. That's what, that's why us as professionals, as physical therapists we get trained to actually do this stuff um and when you go take the test those of you who don't know i give you insight on those um first aid uh, kind of uh procedures when we when we when we take the test they make us repeat this process several times even though we know exactly what to do um but the instructor always said listen when you get into a situation like this we don't want you to rely on your on your on your thinking in that moment, we want you to rely on pure muscle memory. Just go in and then just boom, just start ad- administering CPR right away. Bam, 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 chest compression. Um, you don't necessarily need to do the mouth to mouth anymore, but you, you, um, well, it was, it's not, hold on, let me retract that. So you still need to do it, but. It's, what was the most important, I think, was the chest compression. Yeah, yeah. That you got to be able to to go in and do that, know where to place your hand, know what to do um, when that stuff happened. As you do the compression, you need to clear out the space, ask someone to call an ambulance, and ask for the fibrillator. Those are the things that you do as you start doing chest compression. And that's something that all players, I would encourage all players to start learning as well, just in case... God forbid something like that happened to your teammate. 
so you know exactly what to do in those situations. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get into some some resources that some great organizations have um, made free to the public in, at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, just to track back to that ability to operate at such a high level medically when you're essentially on autopilot, right? Like, so yeah. I'm a, I'm also an EMT, so I, I've been on calls where we're doing CPR, and it's exactly like you said, there is no time to think. Right. Yeah, you know, not thinking. like when you go, go to the doctor's office and you sit down, you have a conversation like you see him mm-hmm. or her like thinking like, nah, there, there's no time for that. This is a straight, almost like militant operation where you have a set time where you got to do what you got to do. Um, and yeah, anybody can do it. CPR and AED usage is it's not hard. Um, the hardest part about using an AED is literally turning it on and remembering to do that. Um, anybody can do it. And yeah, we, we're going to encourage everybody out there to try and get some training that way. You never know. It could be your teammate. It could be your relative or loved one. Um, but if you feel like you want to have the ability to help someone when they need it most, then this is the best way to do it. Yeah, man. Well, let's go back and talk about what actually happened. Cause there's a lot of speculation. Uh, I keep hearing thoughts about how come this wasn't screen. Um, doing a, I come, this wasn't screened during the beginning of the Euro. Um, was this related to COVID? Believe it or not, those speculations are <laughs> coming into the surface. Um, and um, yeah, let's let's start with let's start with that. Let's start with um, what it is and how come it wasn't caught initially. Yeah, like well, we we don't know the protocols that his That's FA has or whatever, thing. but. I'm going to give them the com- and them and UEFA the complete benefit of the benefit doubt, of saying that they probably did scan and check for everything, right? Between his national team, between Inter Milan, between Ajax and Tottenham Hotspur. I'm sure they mm-hmm. did everything cardiac-wise that they could possibly check for in the book. But here we are, right? Like sometimes things just happen. Yeah, I was um, listening to a MD talking about this before I hopped on on the podcast. And he was saying that, you know, it's one of those things where um, we still don't know. We still have, we still don't know how to do those tests effectively. You know, those are the limit. The tests are not 100% accurate. And sometimes we don't have the technology to find out problems that actually exist. But when you do the test, it comes out as a false negative. Mm. But there is actually a problem. And the only reason you don't see it is because the technology is not there yet for you to see those actual problems. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's tough because, I mean, these issues are extremely rare, right? Like, we can both count on one hand the amount of times where this has happened in the past, like, decade or so. Um, it's very, very rare. But what he went down with, it's a little bit different than your mm-hmm. typical heart attack, right? Because when most people think cardiac cardiac arrest, you think of a, a guy or woman in their like 60s or 70s who probably is inactive, overweight, and they have like a lot of plaque, you can call it, within their yeah. heart. And because of that, the vessels close down and the heart no longer has a blood supply and part of the heart dies. Um, that's your typical heart attack, but that's not what Erickson went through. Um, he had something called sudden cardiac arrest, which is, um, something that's more seen in athletes. It's actually 
the leading cause among athletes of death. Um, and this is different because instead of that, that plaque clogging up the arteries within the heart, it's more of an electrical problem, right? Of his heart mixing up all sorts of signals. Um, and that's why the AED was able to work so well because the AED is designed to fix those electrical issues. Um, so combine that with his health and the fact that they had it on him within two minutes. Um, that's likely part of a big reason why he was able to come back. Hmm. That's crazy. And that's crazy. Now, now that you said that, um, you know, there's actually, um, because you said it's something that's rare that happens. Um, it's not as rare as you think it is in terms of um, that population, that demographic athletes. There's a Wikipedia page that shows you a bunch of young athletes having this problem. It's like a long list of young athletes who have cardiac arrest similar to what Christian Erickson has, uh, which back to the question, um, said, what is actually happening and why is it that um, the, the heart electrical current just basically stopped? We, we don't know. And maybe that's something that, you know, there needs to be a lot more invest investigation. Yeah. And that's even why, like some towns, like, for example, Orlando um, and some of the suburbs around here, they're starting to make cardiac screening um, mandatory for um, athletes in schools. And I mean, you just mentioned that some of these tests are not even that good. So it's it's really, really tough to to mandate these things. But you also have to be very careful because, again, what happened to Erickson is the absolute worst case scenario. And um, I hate to compare, but it, it'd be almost even worse than someone that that's like in high school. because like they're not even grown yet. Right. But yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I mean. Now, we, we, we heard news of um, Erickson going to the hospital and he, he had a he had a heart surgery. Um, they put, what did they put in him? Um, it was called a implantable cardioverter defibrillator later, an ICD. Hmm. And what that did that in my, from my understanding, that basically is just there to in case his heart stop again. Um, it would just deliver the electrical shock that a defibrillator will do. To just yeah. Bring it back to life. From from what I was reading, it was it's almost like a a pacemaker that is super strong. Um, what a pacemaker normally does is helps your heart kind of along with its rhythm, but this ICD it can actually shock your heart back into the rhythm it's supposed to be. Um, so that way it's almost like he has a mini AED with him at all times. So if it does happen again, um, that thing can try and help him, um, until he gets further help. Now I was reading before the podcast also, I was reading that in Italy, cause he's currently playing in, um, Inter, Inter Milan, right? It's, no, he's playing for Inter. Yeah. Yeah. For Inter right now in the Serie A. And apparently, uh, players who have that kind of device in their heart are not, they're not eligible to play in, in that league. Now I'm wondering what, what Erickson's going to do after that. I mean, he's 29 years old at the peak of his career. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, who knows, right? Like, at one point, the rules are the rules, right? And that rule was made for a reason. Um, I was also seeing some things like, yeah, he would have to try and get a waiver, but I mean, 
if there's anything you shouldn't get a waiver for, it's like a cardiac issue, you would think. But um, we'll see what happens there because I know um, even Fabrice Mwamba, um, who had this issue, must have been close to 10 years ago now, um, he had the same device implanted in his heart and he ended up not coming back um, to playing. So, I mean, it's it's very, very tough. I'm sure he'll be able to be active and properly exercise after probably doing cardiac rehab, but will he be able to return in terms of being compliant with the rules that the FA for, for England or Italy have in place? We, we don't know. It's a lot, a lot for Ericsson to think about, man. A lot for Ericsson to think about. Yeah, it's it's crazy that and let's talk about the decision to yeah continue man. Oh, oh, the match. That is that is rough. Um, so apparently the rules are if a match is suspended, you have twenty four hours to make up the remaining portion of the match, which is why um, according according to Peter Schmeichel, um, Denmark had three choices: one, resume the match the same day; two, resume it the next day. Um, and play out the rest of the match, or three, forfeit the match um, three to zero. And they chose to um, finish the match the same day because, honestly, they didn't have much of a choice, um, which is funny because if there is a some sort of COVID protocol or violation, you have two to three days to make up the remaining portion of the match. But if somebody collapses due to cardiac arrest, you only have 24 hours, so... Interesting. That is that is crazy. Now, from, from a business standpoint, you know, you understand that the show must go on. You know, a lot of people pay tickets and all that stuff. There's there's the media revenue banking into the match, um, but at the same time, you you watch the players coming back and like they 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 weren't the same. And come props to them too, man, for um for gathering as much, you know, willpower, whatever they needed to actually go back on the field and and continue the game, knowing that their teammate, you know, almost just died. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it really, I think, um, what brings it, what really, I think, showed that these players have a, a different type of mentality oh. is um, uh, apparently when Erickson woke up and he was in the hospital and the team was deciding when they wanted to finish the match, um, he FaceTimed them and told them to finish it that day. And he's like, yeah, the show's got to go on. And after Jeez. hearing that, I was like, wow, these, these players at that elite level, the, the level and desire to win competitively is so high, so high. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy to think, right? That that's, is um let's let's talk about some some resources that players and coaches can really take hold of and and use to improve their their safety and and fitness overall um the fa the big fa in england they have a online course right now for free for anybody who wants to take it that talks about um cpr and emergency protocol um it's available to everybody um, personally, I have not taken it because I have my certifications already, but mm-hmm. if you do not, or you want a refresher or you want to learn more, 
definitely check it out. Um, it can save a life, and that is one of the most important things you can ever do. Very important. Very important. Yeah, man. It's, it, I think that's about it, um, guys. That's about it. As more information comes out about you know the actual cardiac arrest that Erickson just had, we'll, we'll keep you in the loop. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more, uh, especially in the aftermath of it, whether or not he's able to come back and play. We'll, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But we'll keep you in the loop of what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And if you guys ever um, have any questions, of course, um, send them to us on Instagram. We will also link the course for the FA within the bio to this podcast. So you guys will be able to just click on that and go from there. Um, and yeah, we will see y'all next week. All right. Peace out. All right.